Book six, chapters one to eight of the Confessions by Saint Augustine, translated by E. B. Pusey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Marianne. Book six, arrival of Monica at Milan, her obedience to Saint Ambrose and his value for her, Saint Ambrose's habits, Augustine's gradual abandonment of error, finds that he has blamed the Church Catholic wrongly, desire of absolute certainty but struck with the contrary analogy of god's natural providence how shaken in his worldly pursuits god's guidance of his friend alypius augustine debates with himself and his friends about their mode of life his inveterate sins and dread of judgment chapter one o thou my hope from my youth where wert thou to me and whither wert thou gone hadst not thou created me and separated me from the beasts of the field and the fowls of the air thou hast made me wiser yet did i walk in darkness and in slippery places and sought thee abroad out of myself and found not the god of my heart and had come into the depths of the sea and distrusted and despaired of ever finding truth my mother had now come to me resolute through piety following me over sea and land in all perils confiding in thee for in perils of the sea she comforted the very mariners, by whom passengers, unacquainted with the deep, use rather to be comforted when troubled, assuring them of a safe arrival, because thou hadst by a vision assured her thereof. She found me in grievous peril, through despair of ever finding truth. But when I had discovered to her that I was now no longer a Manichee, though not yet a Catholic Christian, she was not overjoyed, as at something unexpected although she was now assured concerning that part of my misery for which she bewailed me as one dead, though to be reawakened by thee, carrying me forth upon the bier of her thoughts, that thou mightest say to the son of the widow, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise, and he should revive, and begin to speak, and thou shouldst deliver him to his mother. Her heart then was shaken with no tumultuous exultation, when she heard that what she daily with tears desired of thee was already in so great part realized in that though i had not yet attained the truth i was rescued from falsehood but as being assured that thou who hadst promised the whole wouldst one day give the rest most calmly and with a heart full of confidence she replied to me she believed in christ that before she departed this life she should see me a catholic believer thus much to me but to thee, fountain of mercies, poured she forth more copious prayers and tears, that thou wouldst hasten thy help and enlighten my darkness, and she hastened the more eagerly to the church, and hung upon the lips of Ambrose, praying for the fountain of that water which springeth up unto life everlasting. But that man she loved as an angel of God, because she knew that by him I had been brought for the present to that doubtful state of faith I now was in, through which she anticipated most confidently that i should pass from sickness unto health after the access as it were of a sharper fit which physicians call the crisis chapter two when my mother had once as she was wont in Africa, brought to the churches built in memory of the saints certain cakes and bread and wine and was forbidden by the doorkeeper so soon as she knew that the bishop had forbidden this she so piously and obediently embraced his wishes that i myself wondered how readily she censured her own practice rather than discuss his prohibition for wine-bibbing did not lay siege to her spirit nor did love of wine provoke her to hatred of the truth as it doth too many 
both men and women, who revolt at a lesson of sobriety, as men well drunk at a draught mingled with water. But she, when she had brought her basket with the accustomed festival food, to be but tasted by herself, and then given away, never joined therewith more than one small cup of wine, diluted according to her own abstemious habits, which for courtesy she would taste. And if there were many churches of the departed saints that were to be honoured in that manner, still she carried round the same one cup, to be used everywhere, and this, though not only made very watery, but unpleasantly heated with carrying about, she would distribute to those about her by small sips, for she sought their devotion, not pleasure. So soon, then, as she found this custom to be forbidden by that famous preacher, and most pious prelate, even to those that would use it soberly, lest so an occasion of excess might be given to the drunken, and for that these, as it were, anniversary funeral solemnities did much resemble the superstition of the Gentiles, she most willingly forbear it. And for a basket filled with fruits of the earth, she had learned to bring to the churches of the martyrs, a breast filled with more purified petitions, and to give what she could to the poor, so that the communion of the Lord's body might be there rightly celebrated, where, after the example of his passion, the martyrs had been sacrificed and crowned. But yet it seems to me, O Lord my God, and thus thinks my heart of it in thy sight, that perhaps she would not so readily have yielded to the cutting off of this custom, had it been forbidden by another, whom she loved not as Ambrose, whom, for my salvation, she loved almost entirely, and he, her again, for her most religious conversation, whereby in good works, so fervent in spirit, she was constant at church, so that, when he saw me, he often burst forth into her praises, congratulating me that I had such a mother, not knowing what a son she had in me, who doubted of all these things, and imagined the way to life could not be found out. CHAPTER three. Nor did I yet groan in my prayers, that thou wouldst help me, but my spirit was wholly intent on learning, and restless to dispute. And Ambrose himself, as the world counts happy, I esteemed a happy man, whom personages so great held in such honour. Only his celibacy seemed to me a painful course. But what hope he bore within him, what struggles he had against the temptations which beset his very excellencies, or what comfort in adversities, and what sweet joys thy bread had for the hidden mouth of his spirit, when chewing the cud thereof, I neither could conjecture, nor had experienced. Nor did he know the tides of my feelings, or the abyss of my danger. For I could not ask of him what I would, as I would, being shut out both from his ear and speech, by multitudes of busy people, whose weaknesses he served. With whom, when he was not taken up, which was but a little time, he was either refreshing his body with the sustenance absolutely necessary, or his mind with reading. But when he was reading, his eye glided over the pages, and his heart searched out the sense, but his voice and tongue were at rest. Oft times, when we had come, for no man was forbidden to enter, nor was it his wont that any who came should be announced to him, we saw him thus reading to himself, and never otherwise, and having long sat silent, for who durst intrude on one so intent, we were fain to depart, conjecturing that in the small interval which he obtained, free from the din of others' business, for the recruiting of his mind, he was loath to be taken off, and perchance he dreaded lest if the author he read should deliver anything obscurely, some attentive or perplexed hearer should desire him to expound it, or to discuss some of the harder questions, so that his time being thus spent, he could not turn over so many volumes as he desired. 
although the preserving of his voice which a very little speaking would weaken might be the truer reason for his reading to himself but with what intent soever he did it certainly in such a man it was good i however certainly had no opportunity of inquiring what i wished of that so holy oracle of thine his breast unless the thing might be answered briefly but those tides in me to be poured out to him required his full leisure and never found it i heard him indeed every lord's day rightly expounding the word of truth among the people and i was more and more convinced that all the knots of those crafty calumnies which those our deceivers had knit against the divine books could be unravelled but when i understood withal that man created by thee after thine own image was not so understood by thy spiritual sons whom of the catholic mother thou hast borne again through grace as though they believed and conceived of thee as bounded by human shape although what a spiritual substance should be i had not even a faint or shadowy notion yet with joy i blushed at having so many years barked not against the catholic faith but against the fictions of carnal imaginations for so rash and impious had i been that what i ought by inquiring to have learned i had pronounced on condemning for thou most high and most near most secret and most present who hast not limbs some larger some smaller but art wholly everywhere and nowhere in space art not of such corporal shape yet hast thou made man after thine own image and behold from head to foot is he contained in space chapter four ignorant then how this thy image should subsist i should have knocked and proposed the doubt how it was to be believed not insultingly opposed it as if believed doubt then what to hold for certain the more sharply gnawed my heart the more ashamed i was that so long deluded and deceived by the promise of certainties i had with childish air and vehemence prated of so many uncertainties for that they were falsehoods became clear to me later however i was certain that they were uncertain and that i had formerly accounted them certain when with a blind contentiousness i accused thy catholic church whom i now discovered not indeed as yet to teach truly but at least not to teach that for which i had grievously censured her so i was confounded and converted and i joyed o my god that the one only church the body of thine own son wherein the name of christ had been put upon me as an infant had no taste for infantine conceits nor in her sound doctrines maintained any tenant which should confine thee the creator of all in space however great and large yet bounded everywhere by the limits of a human form i joyed also that the old scriptures of the law and the prophets were laid before me not now to be perused with that eye to which before they seemed absurd when i reviled thy holy ones for so thinking whereas indeed they thought not so and with joy i heard ambrose in his sermons to the people oftentimes most diligently recommend this text for a rule the letter killeth but the spirit giveth life whilst he drew aside the mystic veil laying open spiritually what according to the letter seemed to teach something unsound teaching herein nothing that offended me though he taught what i knew not as yet whether it were true for i kept my heart from assenting to anything fearing to fall headlong but by hanging in suspense i was the worse killed for i wished to be assured of the things i saw not as i was that seven and three are ten for i was not so mad as to think that even this could not be comprehended but i desired to have other things as clear as this whether things corporal 
which were not present to my senses or spiritual whereof i knew not how to conceive except corporally and by believing i might have been cured that so the eyesight of my soul being cleared might in some way be directed to thy truth which abideth always and in no part faileth but as it happens that one who has tried a bad physician fears to trust himself with a good one so was it with the health of my soul which could not be healed but by believing and lest it should believe falsehoods refused to be cured resisting thy hands who hast prepared the medicines of faith and hast applied them to the diseases of the whole world and given unto them so great authority chapter five being led however from this to prefer the catholic doctrine i felt that her proceeding was more unassuming and honest in that she required to be believed things not demonstrated whether it was that they could in themselves be demonstrated but not to certain persons or could not at all be whereas among the manichees our credulity was mocked by a promise of certain knowledge and then so many most fabulous and absurd things were imposed to be believed because they could not be demonstrated then thou o lord little by little with most tender and most merciful hand touching and composing my heart didst persuade me considering what innumerable things i believed which i saw not nor was present while they were done as so many things in secular history so many reports of places and of cities which i had not seen so many of friends so many of physicians so many continually of other men which unless we should believe we should do nothing at all in this life lastly with how unshaken an assurance i believed of what parents i was born which i could not know had i not believed upon hearsay considering all this thou didst persuade me that not they who believed thy books which thou hast established in so great authority among almost all nations but they who believed them not were to be blamed and that they were not to be heard who should say to me how knowest thou these scriptures to have been imparted unto mankind by the spirit of the one true and most true god for this very thing was of all most to be believed since no contentiousness of blasphemous questionings of all that multitude which i had read in the self-contradicting philosophers could wring this belief from me that thou art whatsoever thou wert what i knew not and that the government of human beings belongs to thee this i believed sometimes more strongly more weakly otherwhiles yet i ever believed both that thou wert and hadst a care of us though i was ignorant both what was to be thought of thy substance and what way led or led back to thee since then we were too weak by abstract reasonings to find out truth and for this very cause needed the authority of holy writ i had now begun to believe that thou wouldst never have given such excellency of authority to that writ in all lands hadst thou not willed thereby to be believed in thereby sought for now what things sounding strangely in the scripture were wont to offend me having heard divers of them expounded satisfactorily i referred to the depth of the mysteries and its authority appeared to me the more venerable and more worthy of religious credence in that while it lay open to all to read it reserved the majesty of its mysteries within its profounder meaning stooping to all in the great plainness of its words and lowness of its style yet calling forth the intensest application of such as are not light of heart so that it might receive all in its open bosom and through narrow passages waft over towards thee some few 
yet many more than if it stood not aloft on such a height of authority nor drew multitudes within its bosom by its holy lowliness these things i thought on and thou wert with me i sighed and thou heardest me i wavered and thou didst guide me i wandered through the broad way of the world and thou didst not forsake me chapter six i panted after honours gains marriage and thou deridest me in these desires i underwent most bitter crosses thou being the more gracious the less thou sufferest aught to grow sweet to me which was not thou behold my heart o lord who wouldst i should remember all this and confess to thee let my soul cleave unto thee now that thou hast freed it from that fast holding birdlime of death how wretched was it and thou didst irritate the feeling of its wound that forsaking all else it might be converted unto thee who art above all and without whom all things would be nothing be converted and be healed how miserable was i then and how didst thou deal with me to make me feel my misery on that day when i was preparing to recite a panegyric of the emperor wherein i was to utter many a lie and lying was to be applauded by those who knew i lied and my heart was panting with these anxieties and boiling with the feverishness of consuming thoughts for passing through one of the streets of milan i observed a poor beggar then i suppose with a full belly joking and joyous and i sighed and spoke to the friends around me of the many sorrows of our frenzies for that by all such efforts of ours as those wherein i then toiled dragging alone under the goading of desire the burden of my own wretchedness and by dragging augmenting it we yet looked to arrive only at that very joyousness whither that beggar-man had arrived before us who should never perchance attain it for what he had obtained by means of a few begged pence the same was i plotting for by many a toilsome turning and winding the joy of a temporary felicity for he verily had not the true joy but yet i with those of my ambitious designs was seeking one much less true and certainly he was joyous i anxious he void of care i full of fears but why should any ask me had i rather be merry or fearful i would answer merry again if he asked had i rather be such as he was or what i then was i should choose to be myself though worn with cares and fears but out of wrong judgment for was it the truth for i ought not to prefer myself to him because more learned than he seeing i had no joy therein but sought to please men by it and that not to instruct but simply to please wherefore also thou didst break my bones with the staff of thy correction away with those then from my soul who say to her it makes a difference whence a man's joy is that beggar-man joyed in drunkenness thou desirest to joy in glory what glory lord that which is not in thee for even as his was no true joy so was that no true glory and it overthrew my soul more he that very night should digest his drunkenness but i had slept and risen again with mine and was to sleep again and again to rise with it how many days thou god knowest but it doth make a difference whence a man's joy is i know it and the joy of a faithful hope lieth incomparably beyond such vanity yea and so was he then beyond me for he verily was the happier not only for that he was thoroughly drenched in mirth i disembowelled with cares but he 
by fair wishes had gotten wine i by lying was seeking for empty swelling praise much to this purpose said i then to my friends and i often remarked in them how it fared with me and i found it went ill with me and grieved and doubled that very ill and if any prosperity smiled on me i was loath to catch at it for almost before i could grasp it it flew away chapter seven these things we who were living as friends together bemoaned together but chiefly and most familiarly did i speak thereof with Alypius and nebridius of whom Alypius was born in the same town with me of persons of chief rank there but younger than i for he had studied under me both when i first lectured in our town and afterwards at carthage and he loved me much because i seemed to him kind and learned and i him for his great towardliness to virtue which was eminent enough in one of no greater years yet the whirlpool of carthaginian habits amongst whom those idle spectacles are hotly followed had drawn him into the madness of the circus but while he was miserably tossed therein and i professing rhetoric there had a public school as yet he used not my teaching by reason of some unkindness risen betwixt his father and me i had found then how deadly he doted upon the circus and was deeply grieved that he seemed likely nay or had thrown away so great promise yet i had no means of advising or with a sort of constraint reclaiming him either by the kindness of a friend or the authority of a master for i supposed that he thought of me as did his father but he was not such laying aside then his father's mind in that matter he began to greet me come sometimes into my lecture-room hear a little and be gone i however had forgotten to deal with him that he should not through a blind and headlong desire of vain pastimes undo so good a wit but thou o lord who guidest the course of all thou hast created hast not forgotten him who was one day to be among thy children priest and dispenser of thy sacrament and that his amendment might plainly be attributed to thyself thou effectest it through me but unknowingly for as one day i sat in my accustomed place with my scholars before me he entered greeted me sat down and applied his mind to what i then handled i had by chance a passage in hand which while i was explaining a likeness from the circensian races occurred to me as likely to make what i would convey pleasanter and plainer seasoned with biting mockery of those whom that madness had enthralled god thou knowest that i then thought not of curing Olypius of that infection but he took it wholly to himself and thought that i said it simply for his sake and whence another would have taken occasion of offence with me that right-minded youth took as a ground of being offended at himself and loving me more fervently for thou hast said it long ago and put it into thy book rebuke a wise man and he will love thee but i had not rebuked him but thou who employest all knowing or not knowing in that order which thyself knowest and that order is just didst of my heart and tongue make burning coals by which to set on fire the hopeful mind thus languishing and so cure it let him be silent in thy praises who considers not thy mercies which confess unto thee out of my inmost soul for he upon that speech burst out of that pit so deep wherein he was wilfully plunged and was blinded with its wretched pastimes and he shook his mind with a strong self-command whereupon all the filths of the circensian pastimes flew off from him nor came he again thither upon this he prevailed with his unwilling father 
that he might be my scholar he gave way and gave in and Olypius, beginning to be my hearer again was involved in the same superstition with me loving in the manichees that show of continency which he supposed true and unfeigned whereas it was a senseless and seducing continency ensnaring precious souls unable as yet to reach the depth of virtue yet readily beguiled with the surface of what was but a shadowy and counterfeit virtue chapter eight he not forsaking that secular course which his parents had charmed him to pursue had gone before me to rome to study law and there he was carried away incredibly with an incredible eagerness after the shows of gladiators for being utterly averse to and detesting such spectacles he was one day by chance met by divers of his acquaintance and fellow-students coming from dinner and they with a familiar violence hailed him vehemently refusing and resisting into the amphitheatre during those cruel and deadly shows he thus protesting though you hail my body to that place and there set me can you force me also to turn my mind or my eyes to these shows i shall then be absent while present and so shall overcome both you and them they hearing this led him on nevertheless desirous perchance to try that very thing whether he could do as he said when they were come thither and had taken their places as they could the whole place kindled with that savage pastime but he closing the passages of his eyes forbade his mind to range abroad after such evils and would he have stopped his ears also for in the fight when one fell a mighty cry of the whole people striking him strongly overcome by curiosity and as if prepared to despise and be superior to whatsoever it were even when seen he opened his eyes and was stricken with a deeper wound in his soul than the other whom he desired to behold was in his body and he fell more miserably than he upon whose fall that mighty noise was raised which entered through his ears and unlocked his eyes to make way for the striking and beating down of the soul bold rather than resolute and the weaker in that it had presumed on itself which ought to have relied on thee for so soon as he saw that blood he therewith drunk down savageness nor turned away but fixed his eye drinking in frenzy unawares and was delighted with that guilty fight and intoxicated with that bloody pastime nor was he now the man he came but one of the throng he came into yea a true associate of theirs that brought him thither why say more he beheld shouted kindled carried thence with him the madness which should goad him to return not only with them who first drew him thither but also before them yea and to draw in others yet thence didst thou with a most strong and most merciful hand pluck him and taughtest him to have confidence not in himself but in thee but this was after end of book six chapter eight